Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Frustrating, and I think you may feel the same way, to see problems, vexing problems, ignored by those who are supposed to be trying to solve them. And that is the hallmark of the Biden administration. They just do not even acknowledge problems, or if they become so overwhelming, they blame Trump or somebody else. But what are they doing to make things better? Again, Bill at BillOReilly.com, if you can give me one example, because I am open to that, I want to be fair. So looking away while people are dying and the American society is being harmed is, is not acceptable. And that is the subject of this evening's Talking Points Memo. The best illustration of this is in the nation's largest cities. The main job of government, local, state, and federal, is to protect innocent people. That is the main job. Not to tax us, not to virtue signal, not to social engineer, to protect us. Job number one, are they doing that job? No. Because the failure to punish miscreants, word of the day, miscreants, okay, is leading to anarchy, death, and destruction all over this country, particularly in the big cities. Now, let me back it up. So you all know about San Francisco. The far-left government there doesn't punish anyone for behavior that hurts the folks, the innocent folks. They don't punish there. So what happened was that drug addicts from all over the country 
have arrived in San Francisco because the city pays them up to $800 a month, no question asked. So that's $800 on heroin or fentanyl or cocaine or gin or vodka. So if you're a drug addict, you go to San Francisco. You can't work if you're addicted, so you can't get an apartment or a house. So you live on the street. So therefore, the homeless population has exploded. And inside the homeless population, you're not exactly talking about responsible people. They're addicts or mentally ill. If they weren't, they could get a job and get an apartment or someplace to live off the street. So San Francisco basically says, come on in. If you're homeless, addicted, whatever it is, you can do whatever you want here and we'll pay you to do it. People say, oh, no, this can't be possible. It is. So Whole Foods goes into San Francisco in March of last year, 2022. On Monday, yesterday, they pulled out. Okay, why? Rampant shoplifting. Remember, shoplifters in San Francisco are not punished. And drug addicts using Whole Foods to shoot up and get inebriated. So Whole Foods says, we got to get out of here. Our employees are in danger. And they're out after a year. This is insane. But there's nobody going to stop it right now in San Francisco. No one. So there's a legion of businesses and residents who have left that city. And it's happening everywhere. Okay. So the public sale and use of narcotics, public, is illegal everywhere, even in Oregon where they've legalized hard drugs, leading to the destruction of Portland, okay? And the Oregonian, a far-left newspaper, acknowledged that over the weekend. Cities destroyed. So you can't move from San Francisco to Portland. It's going from bad to bad. Okay, so it is not legal to sell drugs or to use them in public. So the solution to the problem is if somebody's shooting up or smoking crack or whatever they're doing in public, you take them off the street. You arrest them. You put them in a holding cell where they can't get narcotics. And you keep them there for 48 hours or whatever until they're arraigned or whatever charge there may be. That would wipe out this problem almost overnight because the drug addicts can't get the dope, which they need all throughout the day. You just take them off and put them in a place where they cannot access drugs. Solves the problem. You would see all of these homeless places disappear and the drug addicts go underground because they don't want to be taken away from their supply. They won't do it. They would rather have little children on the way to school watch people shoot up heroin. They would rather have the cities become disgraceful pits of the worst human conduct you can imagine. 
That's the far left point of view. That's who people are electing in New York, in Chicago, in L.A., in San Francisco, in Portland, in Baltimore, in St. Louis, and on and on and on. Okay. Do we all have that now? Now, drug commerce, selling of narcotics, always comes with violence because the dealers are armed and they're trying to expand their territory to sell narcotics to more drug addicts. So they shoot and kill the rival drug dealers. That's what drives inner city violent crime. That's what most of these mass shootings and killings are all about. All right. See it? Understand? Okay. Now, the left wants to ban guns. They don't want to set up a system where you would wipe out, at least in public, the narcotics trade. No, no, we don't want to do that. We want to ban the guns. Well, the gangsters will still get the guns because there are 300 million of them in circulation. The price of buying a gun would go up, but they'd still get them. Meantime, the law-abiding citizen who may need firearms for self-protection, get stripped of that. That's the leftist view. Law-abiding people, no self-protection. Gangsters, we're not going to do anything about them. In New York City, you can be arrested, found with an illegal gun on you, on you, and you will not get bail. You just walk right out. I guess they take the gun. But I'm not even sure about No, they did. They take the gun. Who is there for the families left behind when a service member or first responder dies or is catastrophically injured in the line of duty? Who is helping our nation's homeless veterans? And who is helping our nation keep its vow to never forget 9-11? I'll tell you who. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation. The Foundations in the Line of Duty programs honor our nation's heroes and their families. That includes its Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran programs. The Foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across America, over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year, dozens of golf outings and barbecues, and the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute is helping to educate kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about our nation's darkest day, 9-11. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. This charity keeps its word and honors our nation's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Hey guys, it's Vivek Ramaswamy here, inviting you to listen to my podcast, Truth. We just relaunched it after the campaign, and we are already riding up the podcast charts. Here's why. I think that hard, in-depth conversations about the tough issues is the only way we're going to get this country back. Because make no mistake, we are currently in a war for the future of America, and you cannot win a war unless you're willing to speak the truth. If you want standard conservative talking points, this podcast is not for you. But if you want to go deeper and hear the conversations you're not going to find anywhere else, the conversations that will challenge you, that will challenge me, then subscribe to Truth with Vivek Ramaswamy on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I promise you, you're going to cover terrain that you're not going to hear elsewhere. Okay. Another mass shooting today. We're going to have a mass shooting every day in this country. Because there are so many mentally ill people now, and we live in a culture of violence. What does that mean, a culture of violence? One movie title, John Wick. 
All you got to do is watch one of those movies and you'll understand the culture of violence that comes out of the United States of America. Guns, shooting, carnage, boom, boom, boom. You multiply that by 10 million on the Internet and then you blend in the violent rap music industry. We have a culture of violence here. No more leave it to beaver. Violence everywhere. And we devalue life in America now. So if you're a maniac and you want to kill yourself, you say, yeah, I want to kill myself, but I'm taking eight people with me because I don't believe in anything. And I'm so mentally disturbed that I'm going to kill myself and all these other people. Every day you're going to have that now because we have no restraints in this country. None. There's no restraints at all. With the collapse of law enforcement, you have no restraints on the criminal front or the mentally ill front. None. What's the federal government doing about it? Nothing. Now, some states are trying. But California, Illinois, New York City, New York State, all the liberal states are not. All right? So summing up, you can take all the guns off the street if you want. Not going to solve the problem at any level. It's a zero thing. And the country is so divided on it, the left wants to ban all guns. They say they don't, but they do. And the right doesn't want any restrictions on any guns at all. So how are you ever going to get detente? Never. That's the memo. After seeing uh, those still pictures, I said, geez, uh, where is Hunt? Where is Colonel Hunt? We found him. He's in Scarborough, Maine. Um, and again, he, uh, we use him on the O'Reilly Factor a lot as a military expert. Uh, if you Google him, you'll see he's a war hero and knows a lot about military stuff. All right. How you doing, Colonel? I haven't talked to you in a while. You all right? I was until I got that, inter that introduction. That's got to be the worst introduction you've ever done for me in 20 years. Why? Because I, I said you were the older man. You are older than me. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's, that's very, very true. Yeah. We're uh, that, that was a great trip. I'm, I'm glad we did it. Uh, you learned a lot. I did. It was a dangerous time. Um, the Army kept lying to you for the entire time I was there. Uh, <laughs> well, I had, but, you to, uh, I had you to interpret and say that it's not true. We stayed at Bagram Air Force Base. We interviewed the U.S. ambassador, who you would expect to lie. Um, and then we did get out, you know, talk to some of the Afghan people. That was a real dicey thing. I remember, and we'll get into the analysis of, uh, of Biden in Afghanistan in a moment, but this is an interesting story. Uh, you may remember I was pushing the Special Forces guards, we had guards, to let us go to Kabul, to the town. I wanted to walk around the town. And, and the explanation was, you can't, they know you're here. I said, wait a minute, who's they? Because <laughs> Taliban knows you're here. You can't come into town because somebody will try to wax you. And uh, that's how dangerous it was at that time over there. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> yeah, I remember at least four conversations. They were not one way on this very subject. And I told you that I, there's not a chance that you're going anywhere near Kabul, that they knew you were there, there period. It's a very, very dangerous place. 
we couldn't protect you with all the weapons we had with us and this special forces team of our 10 guys because of the bomb problem. Yeah. It was a few times you ever listened to anybody. But yeah, that was a bad, that was, you couldn't do it. There was one, one hotel in Kabul um, that was possible to visit. Not, and you wanted to go, you wanted to go down into the market and talk to people. Yeah, so one bomb gets us all. So yeah, but go. we did manage to do that outside of Kabul. We went, we went to the market yeah. out there because um, yeah. I just said, look, I have to go. If they blow me up, they blow me up. I mean, nobody, with all due respect, if you got blown up, it, didn't, it wouldn't matter. But it was a big deal yeah. if I got, exactly. if I got exactly. blown up. Um, the, biggest, the biggest deal there, though, was for me was you greeting the soul. You probably, you probably signed fifteen hundred, two thousand out. Um, yeah, autographs. They stood in line for a long time, and that was a big deal. I, yeah, I really well, I was it. happy to do it. We did the same thing in Iraq when we went there. Now, as far as the Pentagon report, I'm sure you read it. What, what's your assessment of it? Wow. Yeah, the twelve the twelve pages was as disingenuous as anything I've ever, I've seen, and Admiral Kirby's defense was ridiculous. Um, this made the fall of Saigon look good, and that was a pretty bad time. Um, the defense is that nobody saw the collapse coming. Nobody saw the Afghan army not going to fight. Nobody saw the speed of the Taliban. The problem with that defense is nobody is the Biden administration. Regardless of what Trump did or didn't do, you've already said it, though, the President of the United States owned that problem for seven months. And we were surprised at the speed of the Taliban takeover. Um, you, you, what you have is people from the National Security Council to the Department of Defense to the na National Intelligence Community, people had to get fired. This was, and, and, and people fell out of airplanes at 1,000 feet, 13 soldiers killed, 170 civilians. Um, it was right done on television. It's embarrassing. Should have cost the Biden administration a lot more. It cost them nothing. Uh, we still got thousands of Afghans there to help. Uh, private industry is doing that. But to blame this on anybody, and let alone Trump, is a disingenuous. It, it doesn't, you own the problem. You've been there for seven months. Yeah, he was seven months. And then anything, the preparations, anything, anything like in my opinion, the preparations for the withdrawal was so horrible. All I had to do was keep a residual force in Bagram guarding the equipment there that we had. Okay, with air support, and you tell the Taliban, look, we're getting out of here, but we're going to do it in an orderly way. We're going to evacuate the people that want to be evacuated. We're going to keep our equipment. And if you don't like it, then we're going to send up some, uh, some air power and we'll take care of you. You know, that's how you do something like that. Um, but no, yeah. it was just, well, we got to get the hell out of there, so we're going to run. We ran is what we did. We, you had, um, yes, we, if, if you had 30 days of notice, if you just made the decision about a month out, everything you said could have been done, would have been done. Bagram is clearly the place you would be visited. It's clearly the place to run this operation. It's 60 miles away from Kabul, as you remember. Kabul is a civilian airport. We, when we finally made this decision, we put 150 guys, Marine Rifle Company in there, got overwhelmed within hours. It was, we, we just, we, it was just terrible. But it was terrible because CENTCOM didn't do their jobs. It's terrible because the intelligence community didn't do their jobs. The State Department and the National Security Council, um, period, did not. 20 years we've been fighting there. And we, we didn't realize that the Taliban had infiltrated 
every aspect of Afghan government for the last 10 years, which is why you have this sudden collapse. And the only thing that slowed the Taliban down was getting filled up with gas because it took them nine days to go from north to south. Yeah. It's embarrassing. It never should have happened. Horrible. It should cost us um, it, it was for the world to see. Our now, soldiers, once again, did their jobs, but the senior leadership, once again, failed. All right. So the Biden administration is telling the Americans or the world the truth about the, what happened. And now it, it ripples forward to where we are in Ukraine, uh, with providing the Ukrainian government with all the weapons that, uh, we, you know, billions of dollars worth of weapons. How, what's your assessment of that situation, Ukraine, right now? Um, it's a, obviously a proxy war. Uh, it's, it's being fought by very brave Ukrainians and us giving the Ukrainians prescient intelligence. If the tanks that we've committed actually show up, the M1A1s and, and, and the other ones, the Leopards, that'll change the nature of this war. They're probably still going to need air. It's, it, it is... It's an embarrassing point for the Russians and, again, our intelligence community. For my 30 years, we built the Russians up to be the big, bad Russian bears. They are not. They're tactically incompetent and poorly trained and drunk. And the Ukrainians were trained by us for about 14 years. They're getting great, great help from us and fighting bravely in front of a tactically incompetent Russian military. If we get the tanks on the ground, that can shorten this war um, the problem's going to be if we get, if we give the Ukrainians what we promised. Okay. Now, do you believe that Putin was emboldened to do this because of the Afghan weakness that America showed? Now, I know this is speculation. It's an opinion, but I want your opinion on it. I think when America fails the, side, the, the way it did in front of the world, it gives every one of our enemies a pause and to say, hey, wait a minute, maybe these... Maybe they're not willing to do something. It certainly didn't help. As you're right, it's speculative. But the way this could have gone, the way we could have done Afghanistan, the way we know how to do it, it was embarrassing. So sure. Yeah, what, yeah it, it, it certainly didn't help um, to cause the Putin to do anything but what he did. Were you surprised that when uh, the Russians took out our drone, Biden said not one word about it? No, I wasn't surprised, unfortunately, um, that, 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 that that kind of action um, should have taken immediate reaction, and it didn't. Um, it's if we're still afraid of the Russians, and it only could be the nuke issue, because tactically they've proven to be massively incompetent. Um, but yeah, it's, it's yes, it was no, very surprising. It was pretty stunning. And I don't know how, I don't know how Biden's going to blame that on Trump, but somehow uh, I'm sure they'll come up with something. Um, let's go to China then. So um, China, obviously being bellicose, word of the day, um, wants uh, to take over Taiwan. Um, the only restraint is American protection of Taiwan economically because there would be sanctions slapped. Macron undermines America today. We're going to have more on this tomorrow um, by saying, well, Taiwan is not really a European problem. That wasn't very smart of Macron, but he's not a very smart man. Um, so now Biden's up against Xi, and Xi's a much tougher hombre, right? Well, Xi, the Chinese, as you know, I've always got a 100-year plan, a long-range plan, whereas us in Europe look right at, don't look past our noses. Uh, we are Taiwan's friend. 
Um, it, the, the, the Chinese are pushing hard. They're running their boats up, their planes right up to the edge, if not going over the edge. Um, China believes that Taiwan is part of China. Chinese don't believe it, neither anybody else. Um, I do not think it's such a lot of there's some intel people that are saying it's it's guaranteed that the Chinese are going to try to do something aggressive with Taiwan. I'm not so sure about that. I think first and I think a confrontation with our Navy uh, with the Chinese would not go well for the Chinese. But I don't think Biden um, would do that. I don't think he's going to he's going to order military action. He'll do with the economic thing. And the other thing is that the Han that controlled Taiwan. Because remember, yeah. China is tribal, just like many other countries. They'll fight. They're not the Afghans. And they're well-armed. And there's going to be a bloodbath there with, with hundreds of thousands of casualties if China decides militarily to try to take that place over. Yeah, you're absolutely right, of course. The problem with us going to war against China is that doesn't stop at Taiwan. If, you, if we were actually going to do this, we would actually have to go in the, at China itself. And that's a bigger, bigger problem. But you're right. The Taiwanese will not give up. They are not the Iraqis. They're not the Afghans. Right. Um, They'll fight. But, but let's, that's, that's got to be solved in a different way that, because you, you do not need China, us, Taiwan, anybody throwing missiles at each other. That's, yeah, that's got that's to be for a sure. Way. Well, Biden's got less than two years. Uh, both Putin and Xi know um, he's a weak man. Um, but they don't know what's coming next. Nobody does. Hey, Colonel, it's good to see you. Thank you for uh, helping us out. And, uh, you know, I have to say, I think I look older than you now. I, I, I've aged, you know. You're staying in good shape, right? We're both hockey players. Uh, you're staying in good shape, right? Except one of us played college hockey, the other one played high school hockey. There's always been a difference. You never acknowledge. No, I, I know that, but it would have been difficult for me to play college hockey when I was playing college football. You were kicking a ball down the field. No, you didn't no, I, call was, that. I was throwing a ball, too. Okay, that's it. <laughs> okay. Good to There's see you. Colonel Hunt up in Maine, you know, and if you ever want to know what Maine is really like, you take a good look at this guy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to you soon, I hope. Thank you. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Two big companies, Nike and uh, Anheuser-Busch have hired a person named Dylan Mulvaney. He was born a male, but now wants to be a female and has gotten facial feminization surgery. Okay. She's 26, so she's entitled to get any surgery she wants. So they hired this woman uh, who's uh, 
reportedly earning more than a million dollars to do these commercials. And here's how they look. Go. This month, I celebrated my day 365 of womanhood, and Bud Light sent me possibly the best gift ever, a can with my face on it. Check out my Instagram story to see how you can enjoy March Madness with Bud Light. Uh, All right, so uh, there's a backlash uh, against the Bud Light thing. Uh, Nike, I think people just given up. They're going to virtue signal at Nike. Um, It's Beaverton, Oregon, you know what it is. Okay, so, uh, but Anheuser-Busch was a conservative company at one time. It isn't any longer. Um, So there's a bunch of country music stars that are uh, dropping Bud Light from their tours. Bud Light was a sponsor. Uh, a whole bunch of backlash on the right against um, Anheuser-Busch. And I guess Nike, too. Um, I don't drink beer, so I'm not involved with this. And uh, I don't buy Nike stuff. I don't know why I don't buy it. I just don't buy it. So it doesn't affect me directly. But I wanted to know if this was a smart advertising business play. So we got a an expert, Michael Maslansky, is the CEO of Maslansky and Partners, um, and he studies the advertising world and media world, joins us from New York City. So if you were the CEO of Anheuser-Busch selling beer to a lot of conservative people who don't want, as I said, trans stuff shoved down their throats, would you have okayed this campaign? So, Bill, first of all, it's good to be here. Uh, second, I, I think the question is whether they're really shoving it down your throats. You know, the, the way that conservatives got to see these campaigns was because somebody was following Dylan Mulvaney on Instagram or other social media, and they picked it up and decided to share it on, on conservative social. Uh, she has 10 million followers. The idea of Bud Light trying to reach an audience that has... Uh, through a person that has 10 million followers is not a bad marketing strategy. And that's what they were doing, marketing through her to her fan base. Okay. But I'm going to disagree with you, even though you are much smarter in this area than I am. So Bud Light is an established brand. It has loyal customers who drink it all the time. Many of those customers don't like the trans world for religious reasons or other reasons, cultural reasons. I'll submit to you far more than 10 million are teed off at Anheuser-Busch and now going to switch over to Heineken or something else. Would I be wrong in that assertion? So I would say that uh, the history of boycotts like this by conservative groups and to a certain extent by liberal groups when they don't like the behavior of particular brands has shown that typically there's a short-term impact, but not a long-term impact. And okay. so... But I don't. I think, I'm not you know, calling for a move on to the next. They move on to the next outrage. Right? Yeah, but like, this, so was, this is today's outrage. Here's 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 why I think that analysis doesn't hold. There, boycotts are bad. It's un-American, in my opinion, of anything, unless there's direct harm coming into your house. But this one is. I don't think there's a boycott as much as hey, there's a lot of beer product on the market. So I'm going to drink another beer product because I don't like the attitude of this trans person. And I don't want my kids watching it. That's big, by the way. And, yeah, you say it's on Instagram. And, well, that's where the kids are. 
So some parents are going, you know, I don't want this in our culture. I don't want my children subjected to this. So I'm going to punish who's ever doing it by not consuming their product. Wouldn't that be a concern of Anheuser-Busch? So, again, I think it would might be a concern, but they, they also may be picking up an audience of 10 million people who when they so you show would do it. that they, you would that do they relate it. to that audience, that they may pick up a lot of people. So if you were CEO, you would do it. You would make the decision, I'm going to do this. I'm going to have the trans that I, that I would do it. You, you also are talking about moms and kids. The kids are not beer drinkers. No, but they the, see the, the commercial. They may not be beer drinkers. What's that? They see the spot. They see the ads. Okay, but, but you know, I mean, I, I just think, I think these things get overblown, right? I mean, I think this was one post. It was not meant to be a big thing necessarily by Bud Light, except to the audience that she represents and speaks to. But they and what ends up happening it. is the, the media tries to make it into a big thing. Right, because you know that's going to happen. You know it's going to happen, and Anheuser-Busch certainly knows it's going to happen. They had to sit down and discuss this. They had to. Because this yes. is a big departure from the norm. Your point of view is it's worth it because they're reaching people that maybe don't know about Bud Light. My point of view is everybody knows about Bud Light and they have a loyal audience, many of whom are conservatives who don't like this presentation. And they're not going to drink understand. Bud Light. They're not going to drink but it. They're going to switch. And you know as well as anybody that at some, sometimes all press is good press, right? Bud Light is not necessarily a brand that you see in the news all the time. Now you're talking about Bud Light, I'm talking about yeah. Bud Light. People who haven't heard the name Bud Light in a while, who aren't really paying attention to the controversy, all of a oh. sudden it's top of mind. In marketing, top of mind is the most important thing to drive business volume in, uh, in marketing. Okay, but you know the stock of Anheuser-Busch was down a bit, not colossal, because this story hasn't broken out, it will. Um, but I think it was, it was a mistake, a marketing mistake. They don't need to do this. They can market their product based upon brand loyalty. And yes, we got you, Bud Light, you should drink it. Now, Nike is a whole different thing because that's a much younger crew. And Nike has a history with Colin Kaepernick and all of that of rebellion. They want to use rebellion in their marketing. And I guess it's worked a bit for Nike, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it, it has shown itself to work in the past. Uh, again, there are going to be people who are, who are angry at everything. Uh, and here, again, I think from what I've seen, this was Dylan Mulvaney talking to Dylan Mulvaney's audience, now made into a big thing. I'm sure Nike anticipated it would happen. They probably have a lot more fortitude and uh, uh, ability to weather any backlash on things like this than maybe Bud Light does. Although I think both brands end up being fine on the other side of this and maybe even benefit. All right, Michael, we appreciate it very much. Thank you. We like when we have opposing points of view, unlike most of the cable nice programs here. now that just go, well, well, here's my view. And now I'm going to bring on somebody who has the exact same view. How boring is that? Michael was a good guest. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day 
and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine, enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, this is another weird story. I used the word weird at the top of the program. This is so strange. So Walter Reed National Military Medical Center is probably the finest um, hospital for vets in the world. I've been there many times uh, to talk to wounded soldiers and to do other stories. Well, Pastoral care is a big part of that. That means rabbis, priests, ministers, imams, whatever it may be. They go there to the hospital to bring solace to the people who are ill, to the vets who are ill and wounded. Okay, so this was administrated last year by Catholic priests. They had the contract, okay? But everybody of all faiths was allowed in. Well, they booted the Catholics. They booted them. The Defense Department runs Walter Reed, kicked them out. And they gave the contract to a secular firm, no religion. Well, there are some Congress people who are very angry about this, and they want an explanation, and there should be an explanation. This is pastoral care. Falls under the banner of religion, not secular. So... The Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, Mr. Clueless, this is the guy who was Afghanistan, saying, it was, hey, it's okay. You know, he should give everybody, every American, because this is taxpayer money in there. Well, why'd you boot the Catholic priest? I'll tell you why they booted him, because of abortion. The Biden administration, even though Biden... Biden's visiting or has visited the shrine at Knock in Ireland, which is where the Blessed Mother was supposed to appear. He visits, you know, he parades his Catholicism, but his administration has run a roughshod over the Catholic Church. And here's another story. So a person named Maeve Noda, 31 years old, transgender, a male who identifies as a woman, attacked the St. Louis Catholic Church in Bellevue, Washington. He attacked it, smashed doors, uh, painted F.U. Catholics, rot in your fake hell. He even spray painted a person working inside the church. That was assault. Now, this is a hate crime, correct? Hate crime against the Catholic Church, right? No doubt, hate crime. Well, the Justice Department is recommending no prison time for Maeve Noda. Are you kidding me? You just attacked a Catholic church. They got it on video. He should do at least two years. It's a hate crime. 
What if he had attacked, and you know what I'm going to say, a mosque or a synagogue or a black church, a Baptist church? Think he would have gotten no prison time? No. So all you Catholics out there know, understand, the Biden administration is not your friend because of abortion. Uh, Now let's get to the abortion pill. This is going to the Supreme Court. So there are some states that don't want the abortion pill sold. And they are saying that it's not safe. I don't know. Okay, the FDA has approved it, I guess. Um, But it's in the courts. It's in the courts. So now the Supreme Court is going to decide whether these abortion pills have to be sold in all 50 states. Now, you can't force a pharmacy to carry them. This is but you can't outlaw them. You see what I mean? So if you have a pharmacy, you don't want to carry the abortion pill. They can't force you to carry it. But there can't be a law in North Dakota or wherever, Mississippi, that no abortion bills can be sold in the state because there'll be pharmacies who want to sell. That's what the Supreme Court will hear. Inflation is cooling a little bit. This is good. Eggs are down. Price of eggs are down. And that's because people stop buying them. You don't buy them, then the price comes down. Um, But inflation in March... Uh, rose on an annual basis of 5%. Okay, let's hope that continues. Again, I want the economy to be strong. I don't factor in how it affects Biden or Trump or any of that politics because I want you to have some relief. Um, 22,000, sorry, 2.5 million people, a lot of stats today, have fled America's big cities from 2020 to 22. Uh, This is a record, people fleeing the big cities um, because of the taxes and the crime, primarily. And now they can work remote, so they don't have to go there, so they're going, hey, 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 goodbye, this old steam song. 2.5 million out of the urban areas. Smart Life, Kelly Blue Book, kbb.com. All right, you want to buy a car? Any car, used, new, whatever. This is the place to go. KB as in boy, B as in boy.com. It's free to look up the value of your car if you want to sell it. Free to search for used cars for sale. Okay. Free to check your car for recalls. And uh, you get a free limited vehicle history. So if you want to buy or sell a car, this is a good website. We checked it out. Again, Kelly Blue Book, KBB.com. Okay, here is the final thought of the day. So I, I gave a commentary the other day um, which said that if you are disparaged on purpose, you don't forget it. But I didn't say how to deal with it. So if someone's disrespectful to you, what do you do? You punch them? and wind up in court hurting yourself? Do you scream obscenities at them, as so many people do? No. First of all, if somebody is disrespecting you, and it doesn't matter who they are or where they are, you tell them that. You say, that's pretty disrespectful to me. You're disparaging me. 
and I don't, I don't like it. Then you step back, no matter what, how they react. Some of them might say they're sorry. Few. But you don't say anything more. But you go back and you think about it. But you don't let it go. It's not revenge you're looking for. It's retribution. So if somebody is going to disrespect you, well, you know, you don't have to take that. But you have to do it in a very methodical, well-thought-out way. Because if you react in the moment with emotion, then you're going to get hurt. A hundred percent, you're going to get hurt. State your case, okay? And if it's ridicule, if they're ridiculing you, then you leave. Then you think about it. There are always ways to right that wrong. But you've got to think about it and ask some people that you respect. Final thought. Thank you for watching and listening to the No Spin News, and we'll see you on Monday. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.